actually think it's like a yin and yin and yang here because the automation enables us to to do to get the admin tasks done and then we focus more so on the creativity so we don't have to worry about oh did we create a report for the client oh did we you know save all of their passwords because this is this just does it like doon 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 so it's kind of something that I feel like you only have so much brain space to contribute to something and I don't want to use my brain space up for admin tasks. I want to be creative and come up with different ideas. And so I think that it is an amazing, uh, it's an amazing ability when you set that up because you enable your team to think more creatively and not worry about the little things. Welcome to the Building to Scale podcast, where we bring real entrepreneur stories that showcase the challenges and successes in building and scaling an entrepreneurial business. Our host, Jeff Chastain, is a business transformation coach with Admentis, where he coaches business leaders and their teams with a proven set of principles and tools, helping them gain clarity in and get more of what they want from their business. Make sure to stick around until the end of the show, and we will reveal how you can become our next guest. Hello, everyone. Jeff Chastain here again with the Building to Scale podcast, where I get the opportunity really to speak with entrepreneurial business leaders and influencers in our industries, hearing really their stories of both challenges and successes as they have grown and scaled their business to where it is today. So today's guest with me here is Kalen Studi of South Street and Company, a small business or actually SMB type marketing agency out of Florida. So uh, first off, Kalen, welcome to the show and thank you for taking a few minutes out of your day for for joining us here. Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm happy to be here. So Jump right in here. Tell us a little bit more about yourself, about uh, South Street here, and what's what's you got going on today. Yeah, so um, I'll start from the beginning because I think it's a, a pretty interesting story, and hopefully it can help someone. So. Um, I went to the University of Central Florida. Originally, the plan was to go for physical therapy, and I did a total 180 after my whole first year of prereqs in math and science, which I hate math and science. (laughs) And I was like, okay, I think I need to do something else. And I I wanted to do physical therapy because I wanted to find solutions and help people. And I ended up doing marketing because I worked for Bath and Body Works in college. And I worked at the Florida Mall. And for anyone who's visited the Orlando area, the Florida Mall is very uh, prevalent with tourists. And so a lot of them didn't speak English. So I had to learn enough Spanish to say, buy two lotions, get one free. But other than that, uh, there's a lady, I remember one day the sales managers said, okay, if anyone can sell these perfumes, we have three left. And they were very floral, very like, um, an older lady's preference of perfumes, very strong, very floral. And they were like, okay, if anyone can sell these perfumes, um, you, you get a bonus for the day or you win the prize of the day. So it was buy one, get two for free. They wanted to move these things. And so a lady came in and she said, I just want something to make myself feel beautiful. And her daughter-in-law was there translating for her. And I brought her over to a line And she loved it. And I said, you know, I think there's something else that you might enjoy. And so I took her over to these perfumes, brought out one of those strips, sprayed out the perfume on it, waved it around and then handed it to her and she loved it. So I decided, okay, maybe physical therapy isn't what I want to do. And maybe I want to do marketing. So I changed my major, graduated from UCF. I looked for a job everywhere except for Orlando, ended up staying here. And my parents joked and said that I was a professional interviewer because I went on 30 plus interviews because in the real world, air quotes right there, um, a lot of sales and marketing are kind of 
people think of them as one in the same and they're very different. And so I would apply for a marketing job, but it was a job for cold calling. And then when I went to the interview, I was like, okay, this wasn't what I was thinking that it was. And I said, thank you, but I think I'm going to go in another direction. And believe it or not, I found my first job off of Craigslist. (laughs) Yep, I found it off of Craigslist. Um, It was for a local dermatology group and they didn't want to uh, pay to advertise. So they just posted that they are looking for someone in marketing on Craigslist. I applied to the job. It was one of the easiest interviews I ever went on and um, we negotiated and I started two weeks later. So, yeah, so I was the first person that they had in charge of marketing. And at the time when I joined, they had 10 offices. So they were pretty big in the central Florida area, but they had never had anyone in marketing before. So in the first six months, I helped them rebrand the whole company, new logo, slogan, website, colors, and then implemented social media marketing, email marketing, blogging, and SEO for the first time. And the other half of my job was going out and meeting people who did refer or who could refer other doctor off, doctor's offices. And um, I loved doing that. And it was going out kind of as the business development person. So that combined with the digital marketing, I helped them double in size in the two and a half years that I was there. So when I left, they had 20 offices, 17 in central Florida and three out of state. And I just uh, started working mornings, nights, and weekends after probably a year and a half because I wasn't sure how much further I could take them. And then um, when I put in my notice, I just kind of hit the ground running from there. So what's what's kind of triggered that to say, hey, we're going to go from obviously working for somebody else to saying, hey, I can go do this myself. I can go take on my own company here and go build that. Were you Did you always have kind of that entrepreneurial spirit of the the selling, selling the, the box of cookies or the, the ice cream or whatever as a kid, or was this something new? Um, it wasn't, so it was kind of something new, but growing up, my parents were always advocates of being an entrepreneur. Um, so they would always say, I mean, in school, we had to sell those like candy bars and go up to people. I was a, a girl scout and I sold those cookies and I would go wow. up to anyone and everyone to sell the most cookies out of my whole troop. And so I, I think it was a little bit, um, it was taught while I was growing up, but it's, it's still really nerve wracking when you decide to do that. And I'll tell you that one of the, you know, people are always like, well, they, they ask me, how did you know that you should move forward with this? Because you go through a lot of doubts and have a lot of questions in your mind. And I remember one day I was like getting close to putting in my two weeks notice. And, and I just thought, okay, I just need a sign, like give me a sign that I'm moving in the right direction and that leaving my full-time job, my full-time paycheck is going to be the right option. And so I was driving at the time and I, the car in front of me stopped suddenly and I stopped and my purse fell over and three things fell out. It was my work keys, my work cell phone and a note from work. Nothing else fell out. (laughs) And I was like, okay, loud and clear, loud and clear. We're going to move forward with this. So starting that company then, um, I'm trying to remember if you said how many years, four, four or five years old now? Um, yes. Yeah. Five years old in, in, uh, March, 2021, it'll be six. So okay. six years. Yeah. So going from that point, I'm assuming it was just you at that point and kind of starting out on my own business kind of a thing versus now you're up to, I think I said seven or eight something employees. What mm-hmm. was kind of that transition like of saying, okay, this is more than just me, more than what I can do. Hey, I need to bring on some help at that point. What, what kind of made that, that move or that, that impetus right there to say, Hey, we need to make a change. Yeah. Um, I think it was that I couldn't continue to work like 15 hour days anymore. 
And that, that was also the motivation for me leaving my job. So when is the right time to leave? And I started this as a side hustle and it took me about 13 months to leave once I got my first client. So it took some time and the, the, my per the purpose of me leaving was because I couldn't continue to just meet clients on the weekends or at night. And then hiring that first person was I can't continue to work 15 hour days when I'm getting more people interested. So that was kind of the, the catalyst that helped me make that decision. So I'm curious what your, what your first hire was in terms of a, a role or responsibilities were. <laughs> My first hire is a story. All right. So um, she, I, I found her from a local college and she put in her notice after two weeks. She put in her two weeks notice after two weeks. And okay. <laughs> yep, she ended up getting a job with a client of mine, which was equally as awkward as the whole situation. And I was like, okay, so you're going to hire her from me and you're going to leave after two weeks. So I, I, you know, basically just fell into the deep end right after that. Oh. And, um, but she helped me with uh, content. So social media writing, blog writing, all of that. So is there a reason you went that direction? in terms of, hey, let's offload some of the writing or versus any other area? What, what, what was, again, going back to making that first hire, what, what made you decide, hey, I'm gonna go a certain direction with that hire versus another? I think it was because I could review all of the items that she was doing and kind of look over them, but that was the bulk of what I was doing for clients at that time. And so I really wanted to work on selling and getting more people in the door. So if she could handle all of the content and the creativity, then I could review it before it went out. And then I could continue to go out and sell. Makes sense. So you've still got mm -hmm. some expertise, some oversight there, but at the same time, you're really moving in the direction that, that you want to of being mm -hmm. either the more profitable and or what you're wanting to do. So take a few more steps further. Obviously, this one sounded like it was a, a pretty quick turnover with that employee versus getting to, to where you are today. What's What's been the, the journey like for bringing on additional staff and, and branching out like you have? Yeah, I, I well, the journey has been, it's been a, a high learning curve because I was never, at, my, at the prior job, the dermatologist, I was a manager, but I really didn't have any training. So I don't think I was a great one. To, <laughs> I don't think I was a great one at all. And I've definitely evolved and, and learned and, and taken some classes and courses and gotten coaches and mentors to help me along the way. But now I have a full onboarding and sales, uh, not sales process, but um, employee hiring process that I go through. And I've set up a lot of, it's, it's really great because I've set up a lot of automations. And in the beginning, I had no idea that you could automate things in your business. And I didn't even know what that meant or where to look, but I use a program called Zapier and it's incredible because if someone fills out the application on our website, it sends them a notification, it sends me a notification um, in our project management software, and it also stores them in there. So let's say someone just applied to like an, a content creative role and um, one opens up in two weeks, I now have a whole plethora of people that I can go through to review and say, hey, I know you applied to this job two weeks ago or three weeks ago, it's now open. Is it something that you're still interested in? So that's one thing that I did to really help the hiring process. So what other, I'm assuming other areas you've applied that in as well in the business probably? 
Oh my gosh. Yes. I call myself a self-proclaimed automation nerd because I just love thinking about all of these things. And I've been able to streamline it so much that I was able to eliminate my employees focusing on admin tasks. And now they focus on higher level tasks, which has been incredible too. But um, I also have streamlined my whole employee, um, not only employee onboarding when I onboard a new employee, but also my client onboarding. So um, when I onboard a new client, it does 42 tasks that I would either need to do manually or someone else would need to do. And that's been incredibly helpful because number one, nothing falls through the cracks. And number two, everyone is assigned their particular item. So I don't forget and no one else forgets too. Yeah, that's, that's two keys, obviously, there of, of saying, hey, it's done right every time. It's done the same way every time. But then even still, like you said, it's taking away that that lower level work that, okay, people can mm -hmm. focus really where on there, they're being more create or more creative, more productive, et cetera. Mm -hmm. so what is going back to your comment about the, the management style, what, what's changed kind of in your role of obviously being day one, do everything myself to now where you are today and doing more management, doing more leadership, I'm assuming, and, mm -hmm. and quite as much on the, the front line. What's, what's, how, how do you see your role as changing or evolved over this period of time with growing new people? Yeah, it, it's, it's changed a lot. In the beginning, I used to do everything and anything. And I, I, I don't think I trusted people as much as I do now. And I just needed to realize that, hey, at the end of the day, everyone's human and mistakes happen, but it's how you handle the mistakes and come up with a solution to make sure it doesn't happen again. So I think it's giving a little bit more grace, but also um, it's knowing that I hire really good people and then letting them do what I hired them to do. And just, I think communication is key. So I built the company off of three main pillars. It's communication, creativity, and excellence. And I just think that in order to have a great relationship with clients and employees, you have to have clear communication. Um, and then I think that you need to do excellent work. So telling people what that is, because if they don't know what your definition of done or what your definition of excellent is, then they can't achieve that because it may be something else and that's fine. So just expressing that and then allowing them to have creative freedom, because at the end of the day, you want to hire people to be the best that they can be and to do what they're great at. Yeah, I, I like that, especially considering you're talking about the automation part, because a lot of people look at automation or look, look at processes and say, well, that just takes all the creativity out because it's very regimented now. You've got to do A, B, C, and D. So how do you see that balance between the automation and the process side with obviously encouraging being a creative agency in the first place, but still encouraging that creativity within your team? I think, you know, I, I actually think it's like a yin and yin and yang here because the automation enables us to, to do, to get the admin tasks done. And then we focus more so on the creativity. So we don't have to worry about, oh, did we create a report for the client? Oh, did we, you know, save all of their passwords? Cause this is, this just does it like doon, 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 doon. So it's kind of something that I feel like you only have so much brain space to contribute to something. And I don't want to use my brain space up for admin tasks. I want to be creative and come up with different ideas. And so I think that it is an amazing, uh, it's an amazing ability when you set that up because you enable your team to think more creatively and not worry about the little things. Yeah, no, I agree there. So you were talking about obviously trusting the team members, trusting what they were doing. How do you instill or do you, what's your, what's your idea from an accountability standpoint at that point that, yes, I want to give you the freedom, the creativity, the flexibility to go do what you want. But at the same time, we've got to obviously have the accountability side and 
we're still a poor profit business. We got, we've got to mm-hmm. make money. So mm-hmm. how do you, how do you balance those two? Yes. Um, it took me a long time to get here too. And I'll tell you that we did a lot of things like before I, I set these systems in place, I don't even know how we got everything done in time because everyone, everything was just all over the place, but we, we use the scrum methodology and use sprints. So, um, if you're familiar with sprints, it's a short amount of time with a deadline and then a short amount of time with a deadline instead of, Hey, two months down the road, this project is due. It's breaking up the project into bite-sized pieces so that everyone gets their pieces done. And then we meet that deadline. And then once that deadline is met, then we move on to the next phase. So we break all of our clients up into sprints. So week one, we have clients and we write all of the content and do all of the items for those clients in week one. And then we're done with them for the month. And then week two, same idea, week three and week four. So everyone has a deadline. Everything's due by the first, seventh, 14th and 21st of the month. And that's when they start working on things. And then it's due before that next week starts. So everyone knows, hey, um, if we miss this deadline, I also put an incentive into play too. So we do a flex Friday if everyone meets the deadline. So everyone has to work together. Hey, you know, on Friday, does anyone need help to get this done? Hey, I have a couple of extra hours. Can I hop in and help anyone? But if everyone gets everything in on time, then the next week we implement a Flex Friday, which is where they can start work or end work um, anytime. They just have to work between the core hours of 10 and 3. So if they want to start work at 7 until 3, that's fine. If they want to work from like 10 to 6 or however much, um, they can do that too. Oh, okay. So yeah, it makes sense. But yeah, I like the... Uh, my my long term background was in technology, so the concept of sprints and doing that quick iterations. But even still, what I'll see a lot of times in dealing with clients because we do ninety day plans, most businesses to say, okay, what do we need to do for the quarter? And if you really do the studies on it, it's the the actual effort of the work is done in almost this parabolic curve to say, okay, as we get closer to the deadline, all of a sudden the amount of work starts ramping up, the amount of productivity mm-hmm. starts ramping up. So what you're talking about, about bringing those sprints in, bringing them back in weekly, you've got much little shorter spikes at that point that you can actually get things done, keep progress moving rather than waiting until the deadline, like we're all used to from school days that, hey, hey we're yeah. going to cram for the test the night before kind of a thing, instead of studying for six weeks before it, like we've been, should have been doing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then that keeps everything organized and then clients have expectations on when to expect their content too. So looking back at the the idea really then of leadership and kind of where you're going, where do you think leaders struggle? I don't, I don't well, I guess we haven't really talked about what's going on in business this year, but where do you think leaders really struggle when it comes time for change in the business or time, whether that's a pivot in direction or a, a, a change in personnel or what, where do you think leaders struggle or for that matter, where have you struggled before and, and recognize that, hey, we need to make a change in the way things are happening right now? Mm-hmm. So I, for me, it's always difficult bringing in, it's not difficult because of the person, but it's difficult bringing in new team members just because they don't know what everyone else knows. So that's always, um, that's always a struggle. And I think it's always finding the right fit for the company because not everyone, we're a fully remote company. Not everyone wants to work remote and that's totally fine. And we're a very content heavy company and not everyone likes writing or creating content. And that's, that's totally fine too. But also finding someone who's a good personality fit for the team because we're all really positive. We we work well together, but also they have to be a self-starter and independent. And you know, other people like working on a team and like having someone to lean on. And it's not that we don't have that, but it's very much, hey, this is your work. 
if you need help, we're here for you. But, um, you know, we're not really going to be breathing down your neck. We just expect it to be done. So I think it's finding someone who's a good fit on that end. And I, it was also a difficult part for me to train them because I would have to dedicate a whole day to training them on our systems, our programs, and most of the things, I mean, every company is completely different. So it's hard for someone to come in when they don't have a background in your systems. So what I did was I streamlined our whole onboarding process and I recorded like 200 plus videos on how to do everything that we do. And so that has significantly helped because when we went remote almost a year ago now, I was sitting there thinking like, okay, I can't, you know, someone's in another state or someone's in another part of Florida, I can't meet up with them and spend half the day at a coffee shop. So I was thinking, how can I streamline this? And it was doing recording videos on how we do everything and then going through that. So that that's been just a struggle in itself, finding, um, good, just finding um, the right fit for the company, but also at the same time, it's a struggle to choose through a lot of amazing candidates. <laughs> I would say that there's a lot of really amazing people that apply and it's it's hard just picking one of those for the open position too. Yeah, I can see that. And it's obviously a good problem to have, but I still, I, I like where you're going with saying it's got to be a fit personality wise that you're looking at, Hey, yes, we're, we're an upbeat group. We're, we're self-starters, et cetera, versus not just saying, Hey, can you write content? Hey, can mm-hmm. you manage social media? Can you build a website? It's got to be the combination of the two. So I, I like where you're going with the, the right fit there. And then especially the, the onboarding again, I'm shouldn't be surprised at all with everything you're talking about process and automation there, but still having that kind of, because you see too many times and granted, especially with larger companies that you go hire somebody on and say, okay, here's your seat. Good luck. Go, go learn mm-hmm. your own job. Go, go mm-hmm. talk to your teammates there, learn your own job. And it just, especially from an entrepreneurial, smaller business size, like we don't have the resources to sit there and wait for you to get up to speed yeah. two, three months later, kind of a thing. It's like, we, we mm-hmm. got to have you hit the ground running. Mm-hmm. So even still, even though it was an investment to sit there and put together all the videos and do all that work up front, hopefully, and hopefully you're already seeing it pay off, but hopefully that's a repeatable something where you're not having to do that process, like you said, in person every time. So you're getting the the benefits and you're getting the the, the scalability of it is both. Yeah, it's it's honestly been incredible. And um, um, someone that I onboarded six months ago, she's our account strategist now, um, she came from another agency a couple years prior and, and it was amazing to hear this, but she thanked me a couple of times because she said, I was just kind of thrown to the wolves. And just like you said, Hey, here's your computer. Uh, here's the company. Good luck. And I put her through I, I, So whenever anyone's onboarded, it's a full week onboarding process. And then I recorded extra videos for her and her position. So it was probably a, a two week training program. And then I slowly integrated her from there, but it's always nice to hear when you put all of that effort in time, like you said, that people appreciate it. And they're like, holy cow, you know, I hit the ground running and I've never had this before. And you're setting me up for success. And that's what I think is pretty amazing. Well, that, and you're already starting to build that relationship with them because mm-hmm. obviously they're new on board, but they're always saying, hey, you care about this, you care about me, you care about my involvement, and hopefully that'll turn around to, to benefit you in the long term that, okay, that it's more than more than just a paycheck to them, that they're, they're mm-hmm. really interested in, in the success of the company overall. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so too. So looking forward a little bit, obviously we're 
doing this right in the middle of a pandemic, things have been definitely different in 2020. What's your business perspective in terms of overall market and, and just in terms of your business here looking forward into, into next year or into even longer term if, you're, if you've got that kind of plan out there? Yeah, so my my long-term plan is to start building out departments in my company. So uh, an account management department, a content department, a social media department, an ads department, and a search engine optimization department, and, and having those really built out and having kind of a team lead for all of those departments. So that's the long-term goal. Um, kind of 2021, I... <laughs> you know, my word of the year was pivot because I wanted to add in some new things. I'm pretty sure it's 99% of everyone's word of the year. <laughs> so that was my word of the year. I haven't thought about what my word of the year for 2021 is going to be, but I was able to implement a couple of really amazing things. And, you know, kind of the silver lining in the pandemic was when we were slow, I had more time to actually think and brainstorm and dedicate to the business. And, you know, that was, that was really enjoyable. And while we were down in, in revenue and in some of our clients, which was a little bit hard, I, I mean, it's been hard for everyone. Um, I, I tried to take that time and say, okay, well, what do I, where do I want to go? Where do we want to keep progressing? So I was able to implement a couple of new things that were really great. And, um, but since the summer, we've been picking up pretty steadily. So I'm looking forward to just getting more clients um, that we can help and helping them grow and then helping us grow at the same time. So you mentioned making a couple of changes. What kind of, do you, you mind going into more detail on what kind of changes or anything might happen from, is that just from a personnel standpoint or from a business direction or what, what kind of areas yeah. did you run into and what was kind of the, obviously the cause of the, of the pivot or the cause of the need recognizing yeah. it be a change there, put it that way. Yeah. So, um, I, the, in 2020, I wanted to start doing online courses and I, I did an online course and I had, I think one person pay for it and that was it. So <laughs> I was like, okay, well pivot was my word. So let's pivot again. And then I introduced a, a coaching program and that's been going really well. And people, um, the coaching program helps anyone who wants to level up their marketing, but maybe doesn't know if they need a full marketing agency or someone who wants to create an agency from a freelancing standpoint. So um, it's been amazing. I've been able to work with um, a really great handful of people that have found us online and they're like, Hey, you know, I don't know if I need full on marketing, but I need help with this top level SEO couple of things. Can we hop on an hour coaching call and I'll walk them through that and record it. So that's been really great. And something that I had never considered until I had more brainstorming time to implement that. And then, um, I think just another thing is how can I continue to build out the company strategically? And I feel like something that I always struggle with, and I'm sure other people with businesses can relate, um, is how I can't have too many people and not enough clients or too many clients and not enough people. And it's always finding that balance. So I have like all of our hours laid out on a spreadsheet and I try to like, I try to say, okay, this person only has X amount. So when, when we get one more client, we're going to have to look at hiring another person. So it was figuring out and, and kind of getting clear on my processes for, okay, when do we need to add another person? When do we need to, you know, think about scaling? So kind of getting more um, in depth on those two. Uh, it's, it's good hearing that because it's 
one of the things that I find a lot of times with that entrepreneurial kind of type is it's a lot of decisions tend to be based on gut feel that, okay, yeah. I think we need new people or I think we need this. I think we need a new avenue or whatever. But when you're going at it, like you said, looking at hours, looking at capacity there to say, hey, we've actually still got some capacity here with this. We don't need to hire right now, even though it feels like we're really busy or it feels like we're mm-hmm. getting behind. The capacity is showing that we shouldn't be. So do we need to address an issue there? Or conversely, capacity, we're maxed out kind of a thing. We actually do need to hire in this area, not this area that our our SEO uh, service group or whatever is full, our website's not mm-hmm. kind of a thing there to actually be able to help you more detailed strategically plan on, the, on that growth. And that's, that's really, to me, a lot, a key there. Cause a lot of people, like I said, entrepreneur kind of just dive in and say, hey, I, I feel like we ought to go this way or I want to go this way. And really even going back into what you were talking about, about doing the, the online course, it's one of those things that while yes, it's still within your, your, your wheelhouse, your sweet spot of doing marketing and teaching, obviously a quick, I'm assuming relatively quick trial of saying, hey, let's try and see if this online course works. Mm-hmm. Only getting one person to sign up. Okay. Like I said, now pivot, but we didn't go invest years and, and thousands and thousands of dollars with some third party company to go build up this massive course library only to figure out nobody really wants it kind of a thing. So yeah, <laughs> the, the fail fast, fail quick kind of a thing there just to try new things because we're still going to be able to try, but at the same time, hopefully figure it out in a, a much shorter period of time. And I, I feel like that's really one of the benefits these days with uh, doing the online marketing stuff like that is you can mm-hmm. go try something real quick. You can go try, hey, is Facebook a good platform for us? Let's put a few ads up there and see without investing a ton of money kind of a thing there. We, we can constantly try and move our marketing or message around, see what resonates and moves quickly. So I figure that's, mm-hmm. again, probably right in your area there, but yeah. Yeah. I, I always highly recommend exactly what you said. Just keep testing because you never know what works until you try it and video is becoming a huge thing. And I keep telling people try a live out, just get on for two minutes, talk for two minutes and just get off. But I, I definitely agree. It's testing it out and then pivoting from there, whether it works or whether it doesn't work. <laughs> yeah. And that's, that's really the case, whether it's something I, I always look at and say, okay, there's going to be storms or going to be changes in business no matter mm-hmm. what. So you've got to be agile and be all adept. And that's really where you look at saying, hey, this is an entrepreneurial kind of business. We're not the big enterprise company that just is, this is the way we do things. We're, we're always mm-hmm. evolving and changing there. But mm-hmm. I feel like at least, like I said, this year's given a lot of people time to think and, but still even technology has given us a lot of ability to make those changes pretty easily. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. So circling back, um, I know we've talked about a number of different things, but if you were to look at the say, hey, if I had just known four or five years ago, X, some, some, some tip, some strategy that, hey, if I had just done this earlier, we might have been further along or the journey might have been a little bit smoother. What, is there any one thing that comes to mind or you might point out? Yeah, there's, there's a lot of things. But I, I'm, <laughs> Can we narrow I, it down to one? I know. That's the hard part. <laughs> I know. Um, I think it's that there, the, I'll, I'll like say this in quotes, there's a program for that. You've probably heard there's an app for that, but there's a program for that. So in the beginning, I did invoices manually and it was horrible. I would like send it out in Word as a PDF. Then I have to record it in, in a spreadsheet and it was just horrible. And then I found um, in a system, I use FreshBooks and it sends it out automatically. It does recurring statements. People can pay online. And I was like, 
oh my gosh, I hated sending out invoices. And I'm like, this is so like, I, I'm not supposed to hate getting paid for what I'm doing. So I think that my, my biggest tip, or if I could go back and change something, it would be to start researching programs because I can't tell you how incredible some of the programs that we use are just for streamlining processes and saving time. Yeah, no, there's, there's a lot out there these days, especially like you said, fresh books and stuff like that really all aspects. Uh, the challenge almost these days is the, the inverse of trying to find them, like you said, of, okay, which which one do I choose or where do I even go look for this? Because there's so much stuff out there these days. But mm -hmm. yeah, there are a lot of good resources out there. So uh, wrap this up. We're, we're running a little bit long here, but if the listeners want to learn more about you, about the company here, where can they go find some more information or get a hold of you? Yeah. So you can go to southstreetmarketing.com. That is our website. Um, you can email us at hello at southstreetmarketing.com. And then I'd love if you connected with me on LinkedIn, it's Caitlin Studi and I'm in a bright pink shirt. So I post a lot of really great marketing tips, um, things that are happening in the industry. So it's just nice to connect with people. Yeah. I was on your pro profile just a little while ago. So yeah, definitely good, good. And we'll get all the links and everything down the show notes. So can easily click on those and find those. So I appreciate the time today, appreciate the insight and hopefully best of luck here going forward with next year on business. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Building to Scale podcast. If you would like to share your entrepreneurial business growth story, please visit buildingtoscale.com slash guest. If you got something out of this interview, would you do both us and our guest a favor and share it on your social media accounts? Don't forget to hit subscribe in your player so that you don't miss any future episodes and make sure to reach out to Jeff Chastain on any of the major social media networks or check us out at admentis.com.